Well, tonight's healing night, and uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna do a couple things. Uh, in in a healing service, we spend time uh, talking about what the Word of God has to say in relationship to the subject. Okay, remember the Scripture said He sent His Word and healed them. And so God's Word is vitally important, not only to get healed, but to stay healed, all right? If you want to live in God's provision for your physical body, you must be uh, constantly nourished up and full of God's Word concerning that subject. Praise the Lord. You know that to be true. Amen. It's not uncommon uh, for someone to get healed because they heard the Word and the power of God was transferred and ministered to them but then they immediately had a drought in their life of God's word and therefore listen if you don't hear God's thoughts you're going to hear some thoughts <laughs> your mind doesn't shut down if you haven't figured that one out you just can't put it on you know block it down you know firewall and just shut it down nothing gets in uh, things are going to get in all right, and a lot of it, uh, some of it comes from people, some of it comes from your own flesh, just your own thoughts, some of it comes from the devil. Hmm? Say, so can the devil put a thought in someone's mind? That's the only way he has to work in you. Amen. And if he can get people full of negativity and wrong thinking, people very often will lose what was genuinely given to them by God. Praise the Lord. So it's not only important that we hear God's thoughts today, but that we hear them tomorrow, that we hear them the next day. Uh, as long as you have a physical body, you're going to need to be uh, um, educated in God's Word concerning healing, all right? Because this body is, you know, temporary. It's also limited. It's also fallen. <laughs> know what I'm saying? Our bodies are never intended to grow old. Without sin, your body would would uh, rejuvenate, would recreate uh, itself continually. It would never get old. Amen. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> Tough. <laughs> That's just the way it is. So what do we got to do? We've got to give attention to it uh, in order to keep it keep it strong and keep it healthy. And I'm not talking necessarily diet and exercise. Not taking anything away from that. I'm talking primarily about the Word of God. All right. The Word of God will do that for us. Why don't you get your Bible out if you brought one? If not, look on with somebody else. And if you're too far away, listen as close as you can and uh, write scriptures down. Listen, healing uh, is supposed to be very, very easy. It's not supposed to be a difficult thing. God never intended it for, for it to be uh, difficult. One of the reasons it is so easy is because we're not doing the healing. I mean, He is the healer. We in and of ourselves can do no healing. We cannot create it. We cannot make it happen. Uh, and it really takes the pressure off. I don't know about you, but I'm glad because I don't know how. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to do it, but, but, but the Lord is faithful. Would you say, uh, if, if we were to ask, that salvation is easy? When I say salvation, I'm talking uh, just in the in the sense of being born again, a person being saved, having getting eternal life. Is that easy? Well, it depends. All right, everyone says, or everyone that answered anyway, said yes, and it is easy for you, and it's easy for me simply because we accept 
the price paid for us, Jesus as our substitute, we accept the Savior. Because of that, it's like, wow, this is too good to be true. I mean, I get all this for nothing? Yeah, yeah. And it's very easy in that regard. But to some, there are some that are approaching God and approaching salvation, and it's very difficult. All right? They see the road is hard. Why? It's because they are endeavoring to do it themselves. If ever a person approaches God in their own works, their own, uh, their own efforts, their own performance, you've got a tough road ahead of you. All right? Salvation is difficult. The road is narrow, and it's a hard way to get on. But the moment you accept by faith what He has done and given for free, this is the easiest thing in the world. I mean, why in the world wouldn't someone accept this? Likewise, it is with healing. If, 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 if healing seems difficult to someone, that's because they are leaning upon themselves. They are trying to somehow be involved in the healing process as opposed to being full of the fact that uh, this was bought and paid for for free on our behalf. Jesus did it all. We accept Anything beyond that makes it hard. If ever I get focused on me and think, what do I need to do? How do I need to act? How do I need to think and believe? If I get focused on me, I'm back looking in the mirror at the one who doesn't have inherently the healing power. Hmm. I need to look as far away from me as possible. And really, I need to focus completely on the Lord. Then it's easy again. Everybody with me in this? Okay, God never intended for things to be, uh, to be hard. But I know this, that sometimes there are hindrances, and they're really hindrances right between your ears. Hindrances to people receiving God's best in their life, and in particular, God's healing power in their life. Some of these uh, are, you know, they're elementary to, to many of you, but others, I tell you what, it's a real big hurdle. And, uh, and some of you came out of this line of thinking, and, and you once thought this way, and, uh, and I once had qu- many questions about these things and didn't un- understand. But many are taught that God will sometimes use sickness and disease as a means of teaching, as a means of punishment, uh, as a means of, of, of chastising His people. And how many know that kind of thinking, that kind of theology, that belief system, it will absolutely destroy a person's faith to receive. It destroys a a person's ability because they view God in an entirely different way than those who recognize and see that God is good to them all the time, all right? And uh, uh, if someone sins in this line of thinking, then God will bring sickness so that they'll learn to act right. I had a friend years and years ago, uh, back when I was in, in, in college, and, and, uh, uh, and he would tell me that. We'd have discussions, and I, was, I didn't have many answers in those days, but uh, we had discussions, and he'd tell me, yeah, sometimes if you sin, God will give you a headache. And I used to tell him, I said, you know what? That's not right, but I couldn't really back it up. I didn't know enough of the Bible. It's, it's helpful to, under, to know the Word. Uh, but I, I, something I thought, that doesn't sound like God. That doesn't sound like a father. That doesn't sound like the God who loves me. And, uh, and then others in more serious situations. If you're getting off the path, you know, you may get in a car wreck, and that's just God teaching you. 
Uh, that's just, just the Lord's way of dealing with you. And again, if you feel like, even for a moment, that that's what God is doing to you, that for some reason, even if someone is born with something or, or something happens and you didn't want it, I mean, you didn't invite it, but it happened, and you feel like God is behind it teaching you, uh, uh, giving you a lesson of some kind, some will say that the Lord is teaching them patience. And uh, maybe they'll end up in the hospital, and maybe they, you know, they've been living a real busy life, and they're just going nonstop, and they never take a break. And uh, all of a sudden, they, something happens, and they say, "Well, the Lord is teaching me patience." And uh, well, uh, that's not what He's doing. And uh, one of the things, what about the person who dies? You know, if you follow that line of thinking, what did that person learn to help them in life? Because how many know many of these situations don't turn out where the person even recovers? Sometimes people get a disease and they, they die young. Sometimes people get in an accident and they die on the spot. What were they learning? You know what I'm saying? It's just that the thinking doesn't follow uh, good logic. And also, it just doesn't line up with the heart of, the, the heart of God and, and, and the God who loves us. And I really believe that these are doctrines of demons designed to pe- keep people out of the love of God. I tell you what, He loves you so much, but when all kinds of junk is flying your way, and if you don't have a proper perspective of why things happen and why they don't happen, why things work, and and sometimes why they don't work, uh, then you're likely to say, this is God. This is on on Him. And I'm telling you, if you believe that God kills your kid, if you believe that that the Lord is is slapping you upside with sickness and disease and causing problems, it's going to hinder your relationship with Him. And I don't know about you. I don't really want to walk with someone who hits me every day. You know, if I'm hanging out with Jeremy again here, and <laughs> and uh, every time we get together and we meet for lunch, the first thing he does is he clocks me inside the head. I'm not having lunch very much with him. You know, I might find a new lunch partner there. Uh, I, just, I just don't like that. And, and it's sad that some have the, the, the view and the image that God would actually do that to, to, to a person. Uh, but if a person is committed to God and yet thinks he has made them sick, wouldn't it be wrong to even try to get rid of it? If, if really I thought that God made me sick, gave me a disease of some kind, uh, I really ought not go to the hospital or anything. I really shouldn't see a doctor because if I do, I'm going contrary to the will of God. I'm going against his ways. And if I want to walk with the Lord, I've got to want what he wants. Amen. And, and, and you know, and just a little side note to, a side note to this, sometimes this is, this is a hindrance to people. They'll say, well, you know what? I know God didn't do this to me, but God allowed it to happen. And, and that's a big hindrance, too, because it still puts God in the active role. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it mean it's not like... You know, he didn't put me in the cage with the lion. He just, I was standing outside of the cage and he opened the door. So it's not like he did it. He just let the lion come get me. You know what I'm talking about? See, it, it's really saying the same thing. And sometimes it eases a person a little bit by saying God will allow it to happen instead of God did it. But I can't be involved with either of those. Okay? As a father, I understand that not only am I going <laughs> to not put my kid in the cage, I'm keeping the cage closed if my kid's anywhere around there. If, if, it's, if I have any part in that, that's what I'm doing, 
All right, I have no part in in, in them uh, getting hurt in any fashion in those regards. Look at Hebrews chapter twelve with me in your Bible. I started to say at the beginning. I don't think I finished. We talk about the word, and then secondly, we we minister to the sick here. That's what the purpose of the healing meeting is, okay? And uh, we'll lay hands and and, and administer God's healing power, and there'll be miracles, and there'll be healings uh, right in front of our eyes. Praise God. Why? Because God is good. (laughs) He's faithful, and He's always here, and He's always ready to perform his word in our lives. Didn't the scripture say uh, that Jesus told his, his disciples after they went out everywhere preaching the word that he worked with and confirmed the word with signs following. Amen. Whenever you talk about God's goodness and his word and what he's done, he shows up. He shows up there to, to work it. Hebrews chapter 12. Sometimes uh, people have gotten confused over scriptures like these when it comes to whether God will actually... Uh, put something on a person, give them a pain or a disease or uh, destruction in their life, uh, or whether he'll allow it or any of that kind of language. Uh, it says in verse 5, Hebrews 12 and 5, it says, And have you, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. Okay, now sons is, is gender neutral here, okay? So sons and daughters. Uh, speaks to you as sons, my son... Do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by Him. For whom the Lord loves, He chastens and scourges every son whom He receives. Now, uh, let's go ahead and read a little bit more. And if you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which you have all become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of Spirits and live? All right? And this is one of those things where someone might say, well, I know God doesn't do that to people, and, and I see that as a father, but what about this chastening of the Lord stuff? Maybe the Lord is just chastening me as a son so that I will, of course, act right and live right and grow up and, and be a good person. Well, uh, it helps to understand words like chastening. All right? Uh, sometimes people have an idea that maybe... Uh, cancer or uh, heart disease or asthma or or, or a broken arm uh, is chastening of the Lord. And it, it just simply is not. That is not what that refers to at all. Actually, the, the Greek word translated there simply means to train a child. When the, when the, when the Lord is chastening His sons, He is training them he like a child it is son training child training all right do you want the lord to chasten you yes you do we all do in fact he says if you are you get it <laughs> the lord is talking to all of us and he is he is chastening all of us say what about that scourging part <laughs> i don't know if i like that well you think about scourging, some of, the, of course, the, the concept is you think about someone getting whipped, right? Think about someone's back being laid open. Well, obviously, that's not literal in this case, is it? 
I don't know anyone whom the Lord has tied to the whipping post and literally scourged them. <laughs> and so we know it's not talking about the Lord is going to whip your back and lay you open, let open your flesh up. Uh, but but you, can set, you can see this uh, because, again, we see it as a, as, a, as a son, parent, a father, as a father deals with a son. But a scourging does hurt. <laughs> I haven't ever really been scourged, but... Uh, I'm looking for something leather <laughs> so I can use Jeremy. <laughs> but if we, if we were to take something and I were to squat him on the hand, what would that do? That would hurt. Yeah. Uh, do you know that sometimes when, uh, when you are trained or when you are corrected, it hurts? Right? But it's kind of a good hurt. It's good in the sense, I don't mean it feels good. It still hurts. But sometimes when, when we're corrected and the Lord wants to help us, it's like, ah, oh, man, you know, and, and, it, and it stings a little bit, but it's necessary to get us to where we're going. But just as you can see here, uh, a, you know, a father is not going to take his son and uh, teach him about fire by getting a lighter. And saying, now son, let me teach you about fire and show you that this is dangerous. Get your hand over here. And just light up that kid's hand, right? Just hold it on there until it starts smoking. What a father did. How many know that kind of father needs to go to jail? <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a problem, right? You know, you don't teach your, you don't teach your, your, your daughter about not running out in the road by running over her legs or something. This is what can happen. Now, once you get healed up, you'll have respect for what cars can do. No, no sane parent is going to do that. But yet sometimes people have transferred that over and think God the Father is doing that to his kids. That is not how he trains us. That is not how he chastens us. He chastens us with his word. You know, just a side note to this. Every, there, there are no Christians, child, children of God, who have gotten off the path, have gotten away, gotten out of the place they're supposed to be without God endeavoring to bring them back, without Him bringing chastening, training them. Any Christian, you know this, if you've gotten off, you have ignored the voice of God. You have resisted His training in your life. Because Why? Because He loves us so much, He's not going to let us get off. He's going to interrupt. He's going to be there and say, uh-uh. And He might send another person to do that. That can come in various ways. Could come through a pastor. Could come through a friend. Could come through uh, a number of different ways. But God is going to interrupt you. I don't know about you, but that gives me great confidence. That I'm not just going to, whoop, I'm out of the will of God. Whoop, I'm just way out, far out of God's plan for my life. He's not going to let that happen. I am going to have to resist His leading. I'm going to have to resist what He's doing with me. Or otherwise, I'm not going to just get out there. I find myself out there someday. Amen. Amen. This is a good thing. This is good. I, I know I'm safe with Him. I know I don't always know what to do in myself. I don't always know the right answer, the right decisions to make. He does. And in His love for me, Every son he chastens. Amen. Everyone he leads in the way that they're supposed to go.
Okay? And so again here, we have a picture as, of God as our Father. And, uh, and just like we wouldn't give our kid a disease to teach him a lesson, uh, God corrects just like a father corrects his kids. Now let me show you a couple more scriptures here, and then we'll minister to the sick. Uh, Galatians chapter 5. Many times people wonder why, why God would let such things happen while at the same time they're trying to get him to take them away. And the good news is God never let it happen to begin with. He just really had nothing to do with it. If you're suffering from some kind of sickness or disease or maybe it's serious, maybe it's minor, I, I don't know. But I want you to know that God had absolutely nothing to do with it. He didn't. You say, well, God has something to do with everything. No, he doesn't. No, your religion taught you that. The Word of God never taught you that God had His hand in everything. You have your hand in a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of people have their hand. There's a real devil out there. There's a sin-filled world. Uh, but God doesn't have his, have his hand in everything that's happening. And, and so if you, if you want God to take it away, you don't have to be concerned that He's given it to you with His right hand and you're trying to get Him to take it away with His left hand. Listen, God has nothing to do with the problem. And uh, one thing, I, I know this, one thing that God wants us to, wants to correct us in, every one of us, if, if we have this wrong thinking, he, one of the things He wants to correct us in is thinking that the problem came from Him. He really does. And if you don't get it, maybe it needs to hurt. <laughs> talking about the chastening now. I'm not talking about He's going to hurt you in some kind of permanent way or some kind of disease. But that thinking... I tell you what, God wants to correct you in that. He wants to correct me in that because it's a big hindrance. I don't want my kids thinking if they were to get sick that dad did it to them. I don't want, I mean, if I didn't do them, I didn't, obviously, but if they thought that I did, and they said, Dad, why'd you do this? I would, I'd be like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) I would correct that so fast it'd make their head spin. If they didn't get it, it's going to hurt. <laughs> you better understand that your dad would never do that to you. Amen. <laughs> and I believe the Lord wants it. This is a serious deal. Because you and I cannot have the relationship with him if we think that he's that way. If we think that he is against us and we might just be going along serving him, enjoying life, and wham, out of the blue, God's just going to smite us and strike us down to teach us a lesson because he loves us. Just the opposite. The love of God doesn't do that to people. And that's the way he is. And I thank God he is our redeemer. He is our friend. He's not against us, but he is for us. Amen. And I think sometimes, how dare we even question this in the face of Jesus hanging on the cross. I mean, if we ever question the love of God, what He, uh, uh, how much He loves us, what He's done for us, again, go back to Jesus. He did. He was at the whipping post, literally, and it was to bear the sin and bear the sickness and disease of every person. And why in the world would God go through so much and go to such great lengths to? put all this judgment and curse on his son if we were going to go ahead and have it too I mean I just I, I just wouldn't really be happy if I were him if all my kids were bearing the same thing that I went to great lengths to take away from them 
You honor and you please your Father when you stand up to every disease and say no. Every sickness you say, no, I'm not going to have it. Jesus took this for me. He, bore, he took my place. He bore my sin and shame and every disease. And so I am not going to have it. I resist it in Jesus' name. Hey, And that's what God told us to do, didn't he? Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Galatians chapter 5, everybody there? Good. Verse 6, it says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Everybody see that See that last part? Faith working through what? Love. That doesn't mean that you have to act right and, and, and be perfect in your love walk before your faith will work. It simply, means, it simply means when you understand how much God loves you, faith is a natural byproduct of that. You see, the only reason a person, you or I, would ever struggle in, in our faith to receive something from God is we question His love for us. And I want you to know the love of God was demonstrated again in Christ when He was on the cross. It had nothing to do with what you do or what you don't do, how you were going to perform or didn't perform. has nothing to do without, with all of that. It was all finished before you and I showed up. His grace and mercy were poured out on us, and God in His great love said, I want to wrap my arms around you and make your life so good you can hardly stand it. He took every disease. Remember Psalm 103, who heals all your sicknesses and heals all your diseases. There's not one He left out. There's not one that is... That is uh, uh, that doesn't qualify for the healing touch of God. There's nothing you can do to mess this up. There's nothing you can do to remove yourself from it except for this. Question how much God loves you. And that, but how many know again, that puts the problem right back here. If I don't really know how much my Father loves me and all He's done to provide a healing and a physical victory in life for me, then I'm going to struggle to receive. But I tell you what, let, let God's embrace come around you here tonight Ephesians chapter 3 look over there when you know how much he loves you everything becomes natural and easy to receive not I didn't say if you know how much you love God you might question yourself at times thinking well I you know I he, he, I do some things wrong and there's some areas I've missed it and sometimes I've been selfish and hey well join the club <laughs> I think we could all testify. Wouldn't be edifying, but we could all testify. <laughs> we could go around. But I tell you what, we talk about the love of God for us. That's consistent across the board. Amen? Amen. Praise God. He loves the person who, who's a liar. He loves the person who, who uh, you know, is a cheat. He loves the drunk. Loves the, lo- loves the person who's divorced. In case you think that's a hindrance. Loves the person who... Uh, has been sexually immoral, loves the person. What's some other good ones? <laughs> what? He loves a murderer, doesn't he? Absolutely. There is no sin outside of the reach of the blood of Jesus. He gave his life for all. He doesn't, he's not saying all that stuff's okay. He wants you to do it. No, he's saying there's nothing. There's nothing out of his reach. There's nothing unforgivable. Say, but I think I may have committed the unpardonable sin. Not if you've received Jesus, you haven't. It's not possible. That's another subject. I don't want to go deep into that. But I'm telling you, that's out of the question. Some say, well, I haven't received the Lord. Well, then receive him today, and then you can't do it. (laughs) Say, I've done it today. Well, so you can stop doing it today by receiving the Lord. Anyway, 
uh, Ephesians 3 and verse 19, this is a prayer here. And part of that prayer is to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. To know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. This is one of the things that, that we're instructed to pray for. Lord, I, I pray that I might know what? The love of Christ. It goes beyond my brain. My brain, my brain says, how can you love me knowing what I've done? How can you love me knowing what I'm going to do? <laughs> how can you love me knowing all the, all, the, all the areas I fall short? I'm telling you, the love of God will blow your mind. When you understand, that's why we've got to pray for a revelation of it. Lord, may I see the love of God that passes knowledge. I tell you what, it's not the way we treat each other often. The way God treats us, man, it's so amazing because it's in Christ. It's in the finished work of Jesus and has nothing to do with whether we deserve it or not. But knowing that love, what does that do? It helps me to be filled with all the fullness of God. I limit God's ability to move in my life when I question His love for me. But when I know the full scope of how much He loves me, I qualify now for anything. I'm ready for God to do amazing things. Sometimes people think that some of the outstanding stuff, the best stuff, well, I'm not really good enough for that. Well, of course you're not. (laughs) Neither neither are any of us, or neither has anyone in the history of mankind who's been mightily used of God. They weren't good enough for it. They weren't good enough to qualify for God's best and His amazing blessing. Absolutely not. But that's why we're not coming based on our own skills and our own goodness. We're coming based on the cross. Amen? And His love for us in that is absolutely unlimited. There's not even a blip in the screen. There's not even a, there's not even a 1% that's that's missing it is a hundred percent full flood of god's love towards every single person amen all i've got to do is say yeah that's right and it's done i tell you what god is so good he's so good that uh, by by accepting and knowing how much he loves you it changes you right where you're sitting Oh, I tell you what, people can, some of you might even be able to see already some changes in your physical body. I tell you what, just just knowing how much God loves you will change your life. Let's look at one more in Jude chapter 20, or actually verse 20. No chapter there. Jude, remember Jude? Right before Revelation, second to the last book of the Bible, a little short book. Better short book than no book. He at least got one. Could be your neighbor someday. Make sure you've read his book. Jude, in verse 20, it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. He said in verse 21, Keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Who's the active agent here? It's you. It's not God keep loving you. It's not an exhortation for God to keep loving us. His love is boundless. His love never ends. But there is one job that that we have, and that is to keep ourselves in the love of God. Say, where is it? (laughs) It's wherever you are. But how many know keeping ourselves in the love of God is simply right up here again. We stay reminded. We continually see Jesus on the cross and all that God did for us. And He did it without our merit, without our earning it. He did it just because 
he wanted to because his very nature is love and I need to keep myself in that every single day of my life it wouldn't hurt at all if every day you drove down the road and said thank you Lord that you love me don't be boasting of how much you love God be boasting of how much he loves you and this will cause your faith to soar this will cause your life and relationship with him to go far beyond it's ever been before when you know just every single day he's not angry with you he's not upset with you he's not mad at you he's not wanting to punish you not wanting to knock you down wanting to lift you up amen and even times when he brings correction how many know it's in his love it's absolutely in his love because he wants you to be filled with the very fullness of himself nothing hindering nothing keeping part of it back the fullness of God is revealed in the very love of God amen well God is good amen father thank you tonight for showing and sharing your love with each and every one each and every person each and every one that's here I thank you for wrapping your arms of love around every person because you love us in Christ. May that love be revealed. May it be shown to every single person. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace, for the work of God in this place. And Father, I thank you that there's healing in love, that in your love you put our, our disease and sickness on Jesus on the cross so that we could be healed today and I thank you for that healing flow and that anointing now that saturates every body and that drives away every pain and every problem we thank you for it in Jesus name say it out loud with me thank you Lord for your healing power the healing flow in my body